Hey. Hey. Welcome back to <laughs> another episode of the Hell Money Podcast. Yeah. It's raining. Yeah, it's a vibe. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cozy. You it can is. hear the pitter-patter of the rain. Yeah, we'll see. I think it's just supposed to pick up throughout the next hour. So, mm. um, yeah, you might get really intense pitter-patter. Yeah. Hopefully. That would really set off the vibe, I think. Absolutely. So, yeah, what are we, uh, what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about fiat. We're going to talk about fiat. Yeah, it, this is going to be our, our, our cuck fiat episode. Yes. Yes, fiat yeah. cucking us all. Mm-hmm. And why, of course, why Bitcoin saves us from fiat cuckery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually had really good success recently, um, like orange pilling people and not like uh, crypto people, mm. but just like true pre-coiner, true no-coiner, pre-coin normies. And um, I found that the most successful way is to just explain fiat to mm. them. yeah. Because people don't know. Nobody knows. And actually, Nobody understands. I was talking to someone who interacts with a lot of like, uh, like shit coiners, mm-hmm. and we were like, I think they don't even know. To be honest, you yeah. know, like I think the fiat question is really under addressed in all of this. There's there's something interesting about it because I think fiat uh, is something that it's not a partisan issue. No. The parties, both political parties in America, they love fiat. They love the fiat system. Mm-hmm. It gives them this ability. It, it gives them this power, right? This enormous power. Whoever's in power, the or whoever's not in power, you know, whoever's in the Senate, in the, in the Senate majority, and et cetera, their power comes in large part pr- from fiat. Right. And so they, neither party wants to do anything that would, would disrupt that power. Why do you think, though, that, like, this is not, like, if you get an economics degree. Yeah. Like, why why is fiat not something that, like, all economists understand? And, like, I mean, maybe they just think it's good. They're just, like. They think it's good. Yeah. The standard economist party line is, you know, so m- many mainstream economists would categorize themselves, would call themselves Keynesians. Mm-hmm. And. Keynesianism comes from John Maynard Keynes, who was an economist, who the what Keynesianism is, is a belief that the economy goes through these boom and bust cycles Mm -hmm. that are due to in the booms. They're due to overconfidence, uh, misallocation of capital. And then in the busts, the busts are due to people being sort of irrational in the other direction. They're scared to allocate capital. They're mm-hmm. they're hoarding money. And Keynesians believe that government intervention in the form of uh, taxes, spending, and tighter or looser monetary policy, which means printing more money or less money, or having interest rates be l- higher or having interest rates be lower, that can temper these boom and bust cycles. Sure. And that it's sort of the the correct place of the government to be in this mediating role of these boom and bust cycles. That's the mainstream economic position. So when, like, when was Keynesian economics sort of, like, decided upon? During the Great Depression of the 1930s. Okay. The Great Depression of the 1930s was one of the, it was, was, one of the main reasons why we don't have unfettered capitalism. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> the Great Depression was a was very much a sort of repudiation of of pure capitalism. We're going to hotbox this car. Yeah, let's go ham. <laughs> um, and and unfortunately I think that, you know, it was replaced by something. Oh, where's my vape? Yeah, you need your jewel. But where would it have gone? I don't know. All right, whatever. You can share mine if you want. Okay. It's the worst flavor. It's the worst flavor. <laughs> what the fuck were we talking about? Uh, the Great Depression and unfettered capitalism. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Great Depression was obviously this enormous economic downturn in the mm-hmm. 20s or 30s. I don't even know. Um, and a lot of people said, ah, ha, ha, <laughs> we can't just have <laughs> pure capitalism. <laughs> We can't just we can't just have unfettered capitalism. We've got to fetter that capitalism. Right, right, right. And we've got to fetter it with things like um, Keynesian economics. Right. And the problem is 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 like a lot of the observations about unfettered capitalism are correct, right? Like, you know, sometimes people do behave irrationally. Um, sometimes markets do get overheated, et cetera. Uh, 
the problem with Keynesianism isn't that observation. The problem with Keynesianism is believing that governments the can solution. do an, yeah governments can do an effective more effective job of of managing the economy my sort of rule of thumb with um experts in pretty much any field is mm -hmm. trust the diagnosis but like be skeptical of the prognosis mm, like yeah. that experts that study things often are good at like uh the critique right mm -hmm. they're good at identifying a problem yeah but that doesn't mean that they are going to be good at generating a solution just based on their like really thinking about it super hard right absolutely you know yep yep yeah and the, and the reason why keynesianism is so prevalent i believe is because it essentially tells the people in power what they want to hear yeah they want to hear hey look you people in power you have a you know sort of rightful role as stewards of the economy mm -hmm. this gives you a lot more power this this gives you all these fun levers that you can like push and pull right and so there's this um symbiotic relationship between these experts and because between people in power right? right the the experts who say the things that the people in power like get promoted people in power you know give money and prestige to you know the experts that they like et cetera, et cetera. And the people who are like, ah, the economy is too complicated. You've just got to kind of leave it alone and everything will be better. That's a very unappealing viewpoint. Right. If you're like, a, you know, some, you know, bureaucrat in Washington, like you like all the levers, right? The levers give you uh, sort of a reason to get up in the morning. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. So then like, uh, yeah, I mean, I personally am not opposed to the idea of the government uh, taxing and using that as a way to run a society. But I think the idea that value is tied to whatever the government thinks it should be tied to, like because of that, like printing money and mm -hmm. issuing bonds and debt, mm -hmm. that to me feels like the thing that a lot of people don't know about. Yeah. And yeah. that feels very obviously like you're right. It's a nonpartisan issue in the sense that neither party is opposed to that because it gives them both power it gives them both power and, and nobody normies don't get fired up about it parties but people partisan when you politics, tell them about it they're like oh that sucks yeah right you know but they just don't know i just think they're genuinely not educated about it i also feel like it's an issue that it's hard to stay mad about it for very long for some reason i've been mad about it for like a long time at this point okay but i'm talking about like normal people <laughs> not like internet weirdos like you and me right like you know things like racism and like climate change and you know like corporate you know corporations being evil like for some reason these have a lot more emotional valence then like, hey, like the government's taking 4% of our stuff like every year yeah. and poor people are the most effective. Like maybe it's that people are just really innumerate and yeah. they're, you yeah. just need a sort of some degree of numeric sophistication. But then again, all my friends are, I have a lot of friends who are very smart and who are, uh, many are engineers and they're, they don't know anything about this stuff. Like no, I was, people just don't know. I was arguing with an engineer friend of mine who's like pretty progressive. And I was saying like, Hey, like the burden of inflation falls mostly on the poor. And he was like, what are you talking about? Like, that makes no sense to me. Like rich people are the ones who have all the money. Doesn't inflation hurt the rich people the most? And I said, no, of course it doesn't, because those people have assets. Yeah. And the value of assets that is unaffected, the actual, the real value of assets is unaffected by inflation, mm -hmm. because the nominal value goes up, and the people who bear the most, the, the brunt of inflation are are people who have their, their 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 funds mostly paycheck to paycheck, paycheck to have paycheck. things mostly in cash. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then I think he said something like, oh well, but like poor people are like often in debt, and so inflation. Uh, benefits people who are in debt. I mean, rich people are often in debt. That's the thing. More is that than poor people. <laughs> exactly. The the people who are... Poor people, yeah, lots of poor people are in debt, right? But the people who have the most debt are the people who are the most credit worthy. Yeah. Right? Those are the people who will get extended very, very large loans on the basis of their credit worthiness. So a poor person might have like, you know, $2,000 in debt on their credit card Right. But a, but a rich person has a million dollar home uh, yeah. in a mortgage, a 30 year mortgage. Yeah. Or you know? if they're in business, they might have enormous loans that they're using to you right. know, deploy capital or whatever. Right. Um, poor people don't have, you know, millions of dollars of loans. So even even people who are are numerate, uh, 
are, are very ignorant about this and don't really understand how it works at all. Do you think it's intentional that we don't teach about this or is it sort of just like idiots? I mean, who the fuck knows, I guess. I'm, I'm very, of... I almost always go on the side of it's like, it's like not intentional. Yeah. I guess it depends on what you mean by intentional. Like for something to be intentional, does there have to be one or a small number of people who have planned this and who, you know, for example, a, a small number of people are like, oh, we're definitely going to make it so that this isn't taught. Yeah. Or does intentional also cover scenarios where there's large amounts of there, there's incentives, ambient incentives that benefit people in a certain way. And so those those people, you know, do or don't do things because in that sense, it, it kind of is intentional. I mean, that that. You know, there are people that benefit from it, but I don't think that it's like a conspiracy. Yeah, I don't think it's a cons- I think you're right. I don't think it's intentional in like a conspiracy way, but I think it could be intentional in the sense of like, OK, like let's say you're getting an economics degree mm-hmm. and your economics curriculum doesn't like provide any sort of like skepticism or discussion mm-hmm. on like governments printing money being yeah. a good or a bad thing or even really being a thing. Yep. That feels like a really obvious um, like a blind spot of an Mm. economics education right because like we've only had like pure (laughs) unfettered fiat Mm -hmm. since 1971 Mm. right so this is like a really really new experiment when it comes to economic theory right and for that not to be a major major thing that's discussed in an economics education like i guess the reason for that is that economics professors experts agree like fiat is great right so that's not necessarily intentional in like a conspiratorial sense, but it's intentional in that like they're not providing an alternative like viewpoint at all. You know, they're just sort of deciding like this is good because right. we say it's good yep. Yep. and we're not going to like educate people about this or even like bring it up for discussion. Yep. But to me, it seems like that is like the economic story of our time. Like people talk about fucking late stage capitalism. I'm like, we're in fiat capitalism. Right. Like that's what we're in. Yeah. It's It's... Yeah. And just like, you know, the inflation thing, this is how I've managed to orange pill a lot of people recently is like uh, inflation is easier to talk about to people now because they feel the effects of it. Mm -hmm. Not just in terms of like, you know, reports being like, oh, we're doing eight or nine percent inflation and like your prices are going up at the grocery store. But like assets are a big thing that I feel like people really feel that especially living in the Bay area, the housing market has just gone up an insane amount. Right. And it's like impossible to buy a home here for Mm -hmm. most normal people. And one of the things that I tell people is like that. I think a key part of the housing market crisis is fiat because if you have an inflationary monetary supply where like, you know, the government's just printing money, rich people need a place to park their money, which Mm -hmm. are assets. Right. And in order to diversify their assets, they buy property. Right. And so 25% of apartments in Manhattan are sitting empty because they're just like a place for rich people to park money because we have a non-ideal monetary system. Yeah. And not just, not just rich people, but you know, large corporations. Uh, I think it was BlackRock. I don't know. is buying up huge, huge numbers of rental properties. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, the problem is that um, people look for long-term store of stores of value, and if there isn't a good long-term store of value, people start looking for other things that are scarce yeah. as a long-term store of value. Things like houses, and you don't want houses to be a long-term store of value. No, because you want people to be able to live in them. Yeah, you want, and and that's why, like, you want you actually want something like gold or Bitcoin, because you want people to have a place to park their funds for the long term exactly that isn't this useful good that shouldn't be financialized exactly and like i think you know yeah something like the housing market and like people parking their money into assets that inflate with what i think is actually a more genuine inflation rate like i think i think like the housing market obviously certain certain housing markets gain value because of like genuine reasons right like Mm -hmm. an area becomes more desirable to live in or whatever it is but i think a lot of the housing market going up is just accurately tracking with inflation in a way that like the cpi doesn't actually like kind of underestimates inflation right um yeah the cpi i mean the cpi is explicitly you know it's a consumer price index mm -hmm. and so it's supposed to measure the prices of day-to-day goods that people are buying and so things like the investment value of housing is sort of intentionally excluded from that right so it doesn't even 
it almost explicitly doesn't even track inflation. Like they're saying, look, like we've decided that inflation is the thing that happens to consumer prices, not something that happens to long-term investments. But long-term investments are things that normal people consume. Right. So like to put this in like just more like layman's terms, like a CPI consumer price index thinks about like, okay, what does an average American need to like buy in a month? Yeah. Like not to starve. Like, Like, yeah. Like you want to have, like you want to have groceries for a family of four or you want to be able to like maybe go to the movies like twice a month and then that becomes like once a month or whatever, you know, like they adjust like what goes into the CPI basket basically. But the CPI basket doesn't describe a long-term strategy for like, maintaining wealth right 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 like it's not about being able to buy a home so that then you can like retire and you know all these sort of things that's not considered in the consumer price index which is what we use to like talk about inflation Mm -hmm. in like a mainstream way yep but then you look at the housing market and the housing market's rising like 10 percent a year right and like that is a much better, yeah. I think, measurement of what inflation actually yeah. is. Yeah, but it's, it's just intentionally not included in this in- inflationary measure. But yeah. it's like the reason why that's the housing market is going up so much and why so many people are putting their money there is because they're just searching for something like Bitcoin right. exactly. to put their money into so that their money won't their wealth won't inflate yeah. away. And Bitcoin has massive advantages over housing as a long term store of value oh yeah and and also like let's be clear clear bitcoin is incredibly volatile my hypothesis is that bitcoin is volatile because it's in the process of monetizing agreed right like that it's it's finding its sort of like natural price once everybody sort of knows about it realizes what it is yeah realizes what it is and uses it for what it's good for yeah so i think you know everything i say about bitcoin being a long-term a good long-term store of value is you know you, you have to take into account that it is in this, you know, volatile process of monetizing. Right. So, but Bitcoin has huge advantages over housing. Like for one thing, you can buy any amount of Bitcoin you want, mm-hmm. right? You don't need to buy $100,000 of Bitcoin or $500,000 of Bitcoin like mm-hmm. you would have to do with a house. Um, you don't have to figure out like which Bitcoin you're going to buy. Mm-hmm. All Bitcoin are the same. You don't need to like be like, oh, which housing market am I going to be in? Um, and you can get rid of it very easily. There, there's enormous overheads overhead to real estate transactions. I mean, I think that every time you sell sell a house, you lose a few percentage of a few percent of the value of the house to transaction costs. Right. Um, whereas Bitcoin doesn't doesn't have that. Well and so much of your ability to even like participate in you can't buy a fraction of a house, right? Yep. Like even just the ability to participate in like buying a house or buying any asset, you have to kind of already be a part of the club mm-hmm. in terms of like the financial winners. Right. You have to have a good credit score. You have to have enough like liquidity that you can act like have a down payment yep. or like invest yep. or whatever. Yep. I think like, you know, Bitcoin you could just you, you can put a tiny amount in. You can accept payments in Bitcoin. Right, like right. there's a lot of ways to get Bitcoin in very small portions. Yep. And it's also accessible to anyone who has like access to the internet. That's right. Yeah. Right. Which is not the same as like a real estate market that like only only a certain section of society has access to. Right. And but there is there is there are some ways that Bitcoin has um disadvantages or an uphill battle. I think the major one is that the housing market is massively subsidized like the the rates that you pay for a mortgage for a house mm-hmm. are like not real rates they're you can right. you they're can set. they're they're yeah. yeah and and the reason they're unnaturally low and the reason that they're un, unnaturally low is because there's a massive amounts of political intervention to it it is a political goal that people should be able to buy homes mm-hmm. because that is like people want to buy homes. It's a way to keep people happy. And so these markets are massively subsidized. I mean, the 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 two largest mortgage agencies in the United States, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, are like these agencies that were like semi-private, I guess, and then they were going to fail, and then they were both fully taken over by the government. Right. Uh, I was interested in um, – I was wondering if I could get – if you could buy a house – using Bitcoin as collateral. Mm-hmm. And this was back when rates were around like 3%. And I found that the best rates that you could get buying a house with collateralized Bitcoin were around, I think they were around like 8 eight or 9%, which is quite weird because we're talking about like you buy a million dollar house 
and you also have a million dollars of Bitcoin as collateral. Right. And and the best rate you can get is 8%. But if you're buying a house through the sort of normal channels... You have like $100,000. <laughs> less. You have yeah. nothing. Uh, you can get a, a mortgage for like 3%. And that right. is just because this industry is incredibly heavily subsidized. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how I feel. Like, to me, you know, I feel like... I can understand subsidizing certain things or setting certain things to achieve social goals in your society. I understand that, you know, you, you prefer the unfettered capitalism approach, Well, but like, I think <laughs> 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 like, I, I know what you're saying. Like, you, right. Like it's, it's, it's easier to buy a home because of like the circumstances that we've artificially created. Right, That's right. Yeah. And then it is to buy bitcoin but it's like it's hard to imagine like what the housing market would even be like if fiat was not a thing hard Do you know what say. i mean like yeah like maybe it's not such a problem you know like i'm like okay maybe it's like kind of nice that interest rates are like two or three percent rather mm -hmm. than nine or ten percent or whatever they should be but like who's to say like how much a house would cost if it was not like a necessary part of asset like right. A, a yeah. huge necessary part of like asset diversification. Well, you know? I, I actually think that like I know that you're more tend to be more in favor of like, you know, wealth redistribution and like mm -hmm. social policies. Let me let me say something that's like not anti those goals or not anti those policies. All right. Hit me. Yeah. So basically you don't want to use the price system to transfer income. OK. The price system, what things cost is a important way that information is transmitted around the economy. Mm -hmm. You know, how much of this should we make? How much of that should we make? Um, what are the inputs cost, et cetera? Like, what's the true market value of things? And so if you want to transfer incomes, don't do it via the price system. So sort of don't make houses... Oh God, almost hit your car. That's eh, fine. My car is <laughs> cheap as fuck. It wouldn't really be that bad a day. Um, like... Don't use the price system to transfer income, meaning if you want people to if you want to improve people's lives, mm -hmm. don't make certain things artificially cheap or subsidize those things because the price system actually has a function. Right. If you make houses unnaturally cheap, if you make it uh, unnaturally easy to get a mortgage, mm -hmm. you get massive overinvestment in the housing industry. You get you know, the, 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 the CBD, like mortgage backed securities, financial crash, because this particular segment of the economy was, um, over was, was subsidized and the price, price, price mechanisms weren't allowed to function. Sure, sure. So, so if you want to make people's lives better, just transfer incomes, just like touch, I'd much prefer instead of making things artificially cheaper or more expensive, like just ta tax the rich people and directly give the poor people money. Wow, Casey. I mean, I would prefer oh to have Eat the Rich on the Hell Money podcast. <laughs> I mean, I would I would prefer to have, you know, let's fucking go like Mad Max capitalism. Mm -hmm. But if we're but but I think I can make a good argument that you should never fuck with the price system. That if you if you sure. want to make people better off, you'll do a better job of it by just transferring income. And directly yeah. yeah directly and and not rather than artificially fucking with the making things weirdly expensive making things weirdly cheap subsidizing things then you just sort of i mean the 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 economy is a bunch of like signals right of like what should be produced when and how much of it should be produced mm -hmm. and you know so for example like one very important signal that's given is if if the inputs to something are more expensive than you can sell it for mm -hmm. right like it's the, the economy left to its own devices does all these amazing cost-benefit analysis where if you have to spend $2 of stuff to make $1 of output, like that $1 of output just doesn't get made, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but when you mess with the price system, when you make things overly cheap, all of a sudden, okay, it's no longer, you know, $2 worth of stuff. It's been ar made artificially cheap due to subsidies. And now people are sent, and, you know, it only costs the producer like 80 cents, and now they can make a 20-cent profit on each $1, 80 uh, make 20 cents of profit on each $1 stuff that they sell, but they're actually wasting a dollar and 20 cents of resources because it's been made artificially cheap. Right. Sure, and sure. then the economy just goes crazy. Like things get made that just don't make any sense. People buy too much of something. People buy too little of something. Um, so yeah, obviously I want Mad Max capitalism, but in lieu of Mad Max capitalism, 
let's just if like, you have to compromise if i have to compromise <laughs> yeah 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 then you know let's just you know let's let's have taxes that are minimally invasive and let's redistribute those taxes in the minimally um disruptive way which is probably just giving people money yeah 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 i feel like we should bring it we should bring it bring it bring it back around to bitcoin yeah you know yeah um yeah all this all this complex uh economic mumbo jumbo <laughs> side <laughs> Bring it back to the orange coin and why orange coin is good. Listen, yeah, yeah, I'll tell yeah. you why the orange coin is good, all right? Governments, well, yeah, I mean, so there's there's kind of three components. There's the ability to print money, mm-hmm. there's the ability to tax, and there's the ability to um, print money, taxes, issue debt. Right. Right. And Bitcoin hurts all three of these, but let's just focus on printing money. Like, printing money only really has an effect if people want your money. Yeah. Right. And so if people have access to a better money that they would prefer to hold, then they will substitute that for your bad money. Right. So Bitcoin gives people a, a very good money. It gives people a money that can be transported instantly at low fees without intermediaries um, that is subject to low and decreasing supply inflation mm-hmm. um, that lets people bypass uh, government money, which is sort of in, in many ways is just objectively worse. Uh, the only way that it's better is in that its uh, value is much more stable, um, but in other ways it's much, much worse. So if people have this alternative money that they can hold, uh, this reduces the government's ability to print money. Because if people aren't willing to hoover up those new units of government money, then you get you know, much worse inflation. Well, and like, okay, this is, that's an economic argument, right? Mm, yeah. I have succeeded more with... Uh, orange like, coin good style arguments. Orange coin good. Yeah. Orange coin morally good style arguments. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's say that you don't want to be a part of like the imperialist military industrial let's complex. Go. Yeah, like, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I actually think it's a really great opt Listen, out. Listen, spending a dollar on a Snickers bar is morally <laughs> equivalent to bombing some brown person in some godforsaken country. Like, literally, though. I mean, the thing is, like, okay, since 1971, when Nixon took us off the gold standard, mm-hmm. the thing that props up the U.S. dollar is, like, essentially military violence. Like, it's like our military supremacy. Mm. It's the petrodollar. Yeah, there's the petrodollar aspect to it. Like there's the, a lot of things. There's a lot of things that prop it up. There's the military. There's the fact that America is the center of the financial world. There's the petrodollar. Yeah. I mean, there's it's all different kinds of American imperialism. Well, right. Yeah. But, like, I mean, I think, like, you know, the petrodollar is, like, an example that I wish more people were familiar with. Mm. I explained the petrodollar yeah. to someone who's, like, a climate climate scientist, like, activist. Yeah. And he had never heard of the petrodollar. I, and I was like, bruh, how are you going to take on oil and gas if you don't even know what the petrodollar is like come on i used to think that the petrodollar was like some kind of figure of speech or something no it's a literal it's a literal like the u.s government went to saudi arabia and and we're like okay you guys can do whatever you want but like you're only gonna sell your oil for dollars yeah that's it and saudi arabia agreed which is kind of an interesting thing like they didn't have to agree you know, but they basically agreed in exchange for U.S. military protection, like that the U.S. wouldn't come in and fuck them up and also would like kind of fuck up the people that they wanted. To, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. basically they made like a, a military agreement. I, I think it makes sense for Saudi Arabia. The kingdom of Saudi Arabia is. I mean. Non-productive, except for for oil uh, before oil was discovered there, it was, you know, uh, essentially like mostly nomadic tribespeople and mostly empty mm-hmm. there's saudi arabia has almost zero productive output like there there's it's nothing it's oil and then it's like crazy government subsidies and like people who have these like weird cushy government jobs that are entirely provided for by the government so saudi arabia is very much in this in this like listen just let us pump oil out of the ground and sell it on the international markets. And do whatever human rights violations we want to do. Whatever like, humans, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, let's fucking go. And the U.S. just won't fuck them over and will protect them. Yeah, and they need protection. Saudi yeah. Arabia needs protection. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, deeply. Yeah, so literally, I mean, OPEC is, like, entire. that agreement was literally just, like, you will only sell oil in right. U.S. dollars. Right, And then, like, the other Middle Eastern countries that have even attempted selling oil, not in U.S. dollars, we all of a sudden are like, oh, dictator democracy crisis <laughs> we gotta go in there we gotta go up in there and like 
I mean, Mark Goodwin, shout out Mark Goodwin, mm. has lots to say on the petrodollar um, and the winding down of the petrodollar. But, you know, basically, like, the petrodollar has been, like, the global reserve currency. Like, I know I agree with you. There's other aspects that make the U.S. an ideal sort of reserve currency. Mm-hmm. But it really is, like, the petrodollar is not just, like, this abstract sort of, like, right. oh, it so happens to be this way. It's literally, like, right. a contractual agreement right that is upheld that is slowly unwinding just because i don't know other countries are starting to sell their oil and like you know russia's is, is not obviously abiding by that and, right you know it's I, I think like that is it's maybe on its way out and like something has to replace it mm-hmm. right which i think should be bitcoin or mark goodwin would argue it's the bitcoin dollar which yep. is a whole other kind of fucking topic but like i, I think understanding the petrodollar and going from the gold standard to the petrodollar is something that like all normies should know absolutely like and i think it's something that like left or right like who the fuck likes the idea of the petrodollar like literally like crazy ass neocons and Mm. they're not even like politically relevant anymore yeah you know yeah like fucking wolfowitz like who gives a (laughs) fuck about that kind of like bush era Uh politics at this point no one likes it it's not advantageous for us to be like the world's police just for our sort of own like economic benefit that actually fucks over the working class in the U S yep, yep, you know, yep. like there's basically a group of elites that like benefit from this. I don't know. You're allowed to use that language anymore. I mean like group of elites. What's wrong with that? <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like, I feel like that's a dog whistle these days for who, what group, what are you talking about? Cut this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, like, you mean like some sort of like Jewish conspiracy? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't mean that. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, like the neocons. The neocons. Like yeah, the yeah, neocons yeah. and like the military. To be clear, complex. I do not think that there is a Jewish conspiracy. All right, <laughs> let me just don't do me like they did Kanye. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like the people that actually serve to benefit from this specific style of American imperialism, like sure Americans do, but also like mostly Americans it's just don't like the entrenched, beca- like deep state, you know, military industrial. Exactly. Complex. Exactly. Yeah. Like average Americans are just having their money fucking inflated away. Yep. yep you know? Yep. Yep. Like it's, and, and yeah, I mean, as I said, like, I think that sort of like orange coin, morally good argument is something where it's just like, yeah, if we actually want to move away from the petrodollar, which maybe you want to do it because of imp- like American imperialism reasons, maybe you want to do it because you think climate change is a problem and you think it's bad to have an entire global economy based off of the price of oil. Like whatever the fuck it is, Bitcoin is a more politically neutral mm-hmm. ideal way of doing money. Yep, absolutely. on a global scale. Yep, like point blank. So, like that is just. <laughs> you I think. Know? I think the other thing that con- would convince normies is is the war angle. Totally. Fiat funds war. Like that's explicitly. explicitly. Also, that's why it started. Literally Nixon ran out of money to mm. fund the Vietnam War, which was wildly unpopular at home, and he needed more money to to do it, and so he, they started printing money. Yep. And yep. so when we go to war, like you don't as an American really feel the effects, right? Because we're not actually paying for it. Like we're paying for it through like Yep bonds debt yep printing money exactly yeah and i think the reason that fiat is so crucial to fund war is because war is inherently negative sum war war does not create wealth like war war does not like you know after a war like the the wealth that exists is less the best that war can do is be a negative sum rearrangement of existing wealth that also destroys a lot of wealth in the process Mm -hmm. and so you need this like artificial injection of fake money to fund war, mm-hmm. right? In the long term, you're not gonna make money to fund wars by going to war. Yeah. So. Yeah, the defense contractors win, and then it's like sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy where we like have this like major military power that we can then use to defend the petrodollar mm-hmm. and like U.S. imperialism abroad, yep. and it just like yep. feeds into itself. Yep. Yeah, I think I think one thing is that you you do I I mean this is I don't know if people would agree with this but I think that regardless of what your political goals are you should want the government to be making hard decisions about what it funds and what it doesn't fund. Yeah. Like regardless of what your I mean I think a lot of people will disagree with this. A lot of people just think like oh you should pump as much money into the government as possible because then it can do the most good things. Yeah. 
But the reality is, is that when, when you, when you print more money, you don't create more stuff, right? Like one extra dollar printed doesn't mean that there's one more dollar of stuff. It means that everybody, everybody else's dollars is worth less. Is worth less. Yeah. And so when the government prints money to do things, it, it's sort of like competing with all the other things that could be done, mm-hmm. right? All those other things have a little bit less capital to work with. And so you need the government, like any person, like any business, like any firm, like anything, to be making hard decisions about what it does and doesn't fund, Yeah. right? So that then it can fund the things that, that bring the most benefit. And in a world of fiat, the government doesn't have to be making those hard decisions. It doesn't have to face really hard constraints about about what it does. And let's even say like, you know, the MMT people, mm-hmm. they're like, that's what you're saying in terms of like the people that are like, no, actually yep. like, uh, you know, more money for the government means more social programs that it can invest in, yada, yada, whatever. Like if we just do a good job with allocating that money, then it's actually great that we can control that money and just print it out of nothing. Well, they, uh, yeah, they also believe that, I mean, the, the MMT story is also one of extreme taxation because they do think right they pump it out and then they suck it all back in that's right yeah but okay let's even say that's the situation does that seem like (laughs) anywhere close to where we are as like a federal government at this point like is the federal government incentivized in any way to start using resources in a way that benefits people no like we're so fucking far from that and so like you know I feel like you have to think about like the two it's, I guess it's similar to like censorship and free speech, right? Like if you censor the fuck out of the other side, because you think it like achieves your political goals in the moment, like you have to also recognize that the tools you're creating can be used by the other side against you when they're in power. And so like, even if you think, man, if I was president, I would just print money and do all this amazing shit and we would be living in a utopia. The reality is that like the opposite side also will have access to those things and they currently do and they're doing a terrible fucking job with it. Yeah. So like take away the levers of power rather than like assume that you, you are can speaking eventually... my language, girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's our fuck fiat episode. Yeah. You know, I'm going off. Yeah. No, it's true. People. I mean, people are very. Nobody is interested in limiting the power of government. Not that's in government. Not that's in government. Yeah. Yeah. If you're in power, you sort of want the power of government to continue. I don't know. I mean, I guess to some extent, losers want to limit the power of government, right? You see that, you know, the, the, the Republican Party has to some degree lost a certain kind of like cultural currency. Mm -hmm. And to some extent, they do want to limit the limit the power of the federal government because they have i think the libertarian side of the republican party genuinely wants smaller government right yeah right i always wonder how big that side is i mean like i'm obviously very sympathetic to the libertarian position i have no idea but i think you know the republican party has always talked about being a party of small government Mm -hmm. but it hasn't really demonstrated i think the problem is that they made like an unholy alliance with the christian Mm -hmm. uh like evangelical crowd that does want so conservative social control Mm -hmm. and so they can kind of like talk their talk about like small government but that's really just like taxation and especially for like their donors Mm -hmm. it doesn't really they're not really like living that in a principled way right you know they're kind of just like yeah i mean i i think like both political parties at this point are just so fucking far gone that we just gotta we just gotta like take away the power (laughs) it's the dick Democrats versus the Republicans. <laughs> the Republicucks. The Republicucks. There you go. Yeah, the Democrats versus the Republicucks. Dude, I've had like multiple. Cause it's it's holiday season, you know. I'm interacting yeah, yeah, with yeah. a lot of people over like dinners and whatnot. Yeah. I've had so many occasions recently where I'm like sitting at a table full of like a bunch of people that don't know anything about Bitcoin or crypto and I'm just like spewing like facts about fiat and like I have to like stop myself every five minutes and be like should I stop like I, <laughs> I, I'm sorry I didn't mean to make this whole dinner about this yeah, yeah yeah but people have been like no keep going it is interesting people really do hate the government like yeah big government people small government people none of them really agree none of them really think that the, like the government is effective or good yeah they just all think that like it can be made to be effective or good so yeah, yeah, the, yeah. An, that's why the anti-fiat position is 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 sort of palatable to everybody because yeah. they do agree that you know the government is super super broken 
Yeah. And like that this system doesn't actually make any fucking sense. Yeah. Which is why I'm saying, yeah, at the beginning I was saying like, do you think it's intentional or not that this isn't taught? Cause it just feels like you're not getting a real education in economics. If you are not seriously aware of the fiat system and right. its consequences, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we just need rogue like economics education i don't think education i think if your plan is to educate like the people or educate the voters like you're just gonna have a bad time like i don't think that that ever works i think that there's just no i mean like hard to say because i do think bitcoin succeeds with more adoption right so i don't don't think educating them to vote sure but educating them enough that they're like I'm going to buy some Bitcoin. Right. But the key thing there is that it's not really about education. It's not really about like, oh, they'll know enough and then they'll have this enlightened opinion. Yeah. It's that Bitcoin is something that benefits them. And they need to know that it, it benefits them. Yeah. And then once you they... educate them into realizing that it benefits them. Exactly. Yeah, and then yeah, they start yeah. doing it. Right. If yeah. like edu- like if, if the idea is that you're going to educate people until they behave altruistically, then your plan is like it's just doomed, no. and that's mostly the plan with education. They're like, oh, we've got to educate people about X, Y, Z, and then they'll just be good people. And it's like, no, that's not how people work. It's not how education works. Yeah, but edu- I, I mean, I think Bitcoin is just, it's just good for people. You know, like I don't, I agree with you. Like I don't think you need to like, I think people need to know about fiat because I think you're never gonna orange pill someone until they understand fiat. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because the best you can do with someone who doesn't understand fiat is make them into like a crypto bro who's just like, blockchain technology is incredible. You mm, know, yeah. Satoshi Nakamoto invented this and then disappeared. How fucking cool is that? <laughs> you know, like it's like they they can like kind of become like blockchain crypto heads. Uh huh. Yeah. But yeah, like yeah. you have to understand the economics side of it and like the political context in order to like understand the necessity for Bitcoin specifically, right? I'm not sure. I think actually you just want people to adopt it and it doesn't matter. Like you yeah, just yeah, want yeah, them yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, like, Sure. Now I'm sort of just like going off in terms of like people getting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah people yeah, yeah. becoming th- orange pilled. I think people will get it over time because I think that people will, when people have something that benefits them, they will construct a narrative that it's good. Right. Like once something benefits them, they will come up with a story about not only is it good for them, it's good for everybody. Sure. And it's also like morally correct. I think I'm I'm also like sort of as a separate like uh, agenda for me, like I'm in the business of trying to find things that people can unite over. Mm, yeah. Um, as a content creator. <laughs> as an American citizen. As an American citizen. Who believes in the American project. And, and wants... content creator and prolific TikToker. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> You're TikToking to the masses over here. <laughs> like, I do just think, like, po- like politics are so divisive mm. and so many political issues that, like, people actually probably could agree on if they weren't so, like, propagandized against, mm-hmm. like, are just like there's no way to convince certain people of certain things right like absolutely and and i think fiat is one of those things that people actually have no conception of many people have absolutely no conception of they have no propaganda against really and if you just tell them about it they're like whoa that sucks yeah you know and they don't think of themselves as like oh that's a right-wing thing or that's a left-wing thing they're just like damn i didn't realize that like now i know fuck and like maybe that's coming but I think we're in a stage right now where like, yeah, like anti-fiat pilling people is, it's possible. It's doable Man, for like a large, so. I don't know, I'm having success with it. What are the, what are the other anti-fiat pills? So like fiat is responsible for war. It, yeah, it messes up economic price sig- signals. You're participating in imperialism. Um. I mean the housing market, like just like oh, yeah, I, I feel market, like things yeah. like yeah, like things like assets and um, the other one that's sort of related to the housing market that I tell people is like you have a four hundred one k right and like your four hundred one k allow is what's going to allow you to retire someday hopefully mm-hmm. and like if you are anti corporate in in the sense that you're like oh I try not to shop at Amazon like because I think Amazon's like a bad company mm-hmm. but then like your entire wealth that you're depending it's on retiring like index in, funds in the largest companies in the, the S&P 500 yeah, yeah, yeah. you literally we have a system right now where the retirement of all the people all the working people in the country is corporate welfare for the top 500 corporations mm. that's all it fucking is yeah like we cannot genuinely take on the corporations right now because we 
our entire retirement like capability as individuals and as like a population is dependent on them not failing right and like the stock market at large not failing and like that sucks that's terrible you know like we all know that's terrible whether you're right wing and you hate it from like the like corporate welfare corporate socialism perspective or whether you're left wing and you fucking hate the corporations or just whatever like it's bad that we have it set right now where in order to retire you have to be invested in the top 500 corporations yeah like that's fucking insane right yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, like, are 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 people who are progressive really going to be like, oh, in that case, I should adopt Bitcoin instead? Um, I mean, what's the alternative, right? Like, I I would say there's definitely some like shallow left wing people that are just like, well, then I just won't play the game at all. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, then you're Die not going to retire. Like, yeah. what the fuck are you even talking about, dude? Like, there is some sort of self-defeating. But right. that, that's, I think, a very, like, childish self, like, whatever. I don't think that's a genuine political mm-hmm. agenda so much yeah. as it is, like, a retaliation against mom and dad. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think people who work and, and and understand that, like, you know, they have a 401k, they need to reach certain economic milestones in their life in order to like live out the life that they are hoping to live out or that Mm -hmm. they think people deserve to live out in this country Mm -hmm. meaning like retire at 65 whatever Mm -hmm. i think those people understand that like having having your wealth put into something like bitcoin that is not owned by a corporation is not controlled by a corporation is much much better than having your money in a 401k Mm. which they currently have Mm -hmm. right like everyone has a 401k that is like an actual worker yeah. in this country. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, all the people who are very anti, who are very, who are very left wing, who are very progressive. I mean, they have retirement accounts just like everybody else. They're massively invested in, in a corporate America. I mean, I guess that's part of why. I think that's why um, ESG investing is so popular. Yeah, because people want like a way out. It lets them like morally launder it. It's like, well, like I'm I am invested in all these corporations, but it's via this ESG investing fund yeah. that can make me feel good about my investments. I mean, I just think it's wrong also to like prop up companies that you don't even fucking believe in. Yeah. Like why should we have to invest in companies that we don't know anything about? Basically making it so that they can never turn a profit in their entire like existence as a corporation but just be propped up by like mm. shareholder money yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. it's like I, I, well, the welfare system is alive and well for corporations in this country like everything is built around corporate welfare and like who the fuck thinks that's good like mm. no one thinks that's good left wing or right wing what do you think what do you think would have happened if bitcoin was invented like 40 years earlier I don't know. I mean, I feel like Bitcoin came about at the time it was supposed to. Agreed. But what if Bitcoin is invented in like the 1960s? And then, I don't know. What do you think? Mm, I don't know. I mean, like, do you just mean like as opposed to allowing fiat to like progress over time that it would have just like challenged it more in the beginning? It's hard to imagine because it's digital. Yeah. You know, like you can't put it in the context of a non-digital society. Right. Yeah. I guess it it makes me wonder like maybe if it had come at a time, I, I feel like political division has increased sure like if it had come at a less yeah a less a time where people are, context that maybe it could have escaped bitcoin is currently like highly politicized like sure. everybody has like very strong viewpoints about it either from a sort of progressive like economic justice standpoint or from a climate standpoint mm-hmm. you know if it had been made in the 1970s maybe it could have just been like a this like neutral technology it's like look we have the internet and we also have internet money and this is just digital money i mean i think it's 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 very in line with like the hippies right the Mm. kind of left libertarian movement that has sort of like that is now politically homeless in our like very polarized society Mm -hmm. like i would say bitcoin is like pretty left libertarian well i don't even know what is the difference between right and left libertarian uh it's complicated i believe that originally libertarian was used was a term that that was used and applied to people who are very much on the left yeah it was a sort of liberal yeah it's 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 like and then over time right libertarian i I don't even know i I feel like it's just they focus on different issues like right libertarians are about like guns 
right and like taxes and then like left libertarians are more about like my body my choice yeah i think that i think right? it's a case where there's like there's like specific definitions to like left libertarian and right libertarian that i don't actually know and i think it's also like libertarians are poorly organized because they're like inherently porn organized <laughs> they the libertarians they just need to seize the reins of power they can't you know though. and start yanking them they can't though because they, they don't want to that's right they yeah libertarians it. are fully cocked Li- libertarians are the most cocked people on earth like they're so screwed just trying to convince other people like not to do politics yeah. like you're never going to win that way you're never going to win politics <laughs> as sympathetic to their goals are yeah yeah um oh, there's another thing i was going to say oh yeah i think the other like progressive argument that i get all the time is obviously the energy argument uh-huh, right. and i think like the easy thwarting to that revolving around fiat is like fiat has a ton of like climate change negative externalities that you just like can't account for right like when we blow up an oil pipeline because we don't want russia to be able to sell oil to germany and then that pipeline leaks like yeah enough methane in a day for like human emissions in a year right you know how can you possibly compare that to bitcoin mining being like 0.5 percent of the world's energy like also like war war is not the most environmentally friendly thing you know (laughs) exactly exactly like that's the thing like I, I think, you know, Bitcoin energy usage is not a complete non-issue, but if we have Bitcoin mining instead of a war machine like fiat world, it's difficult to imagine all of the things that we could eliminate by not having. Yeah, but you know what the real doomer pill is, is that people can't accept trade-offs. You can't be like, hey, like, listen, this thing is like kind of bad, has some problems, but it's way better than the alternative. That's what I'm over here saying all the time. It's like, hey, listen, like the situation kind of sucks, but you're just going to make it worse if yeah. you go fuck with it. I just might be like better at packaging it than you. Oh, yeah, for I sure. I come at it from being like, listen, guys, I'm left wing. I voted for Bernie. <laughs> I'm on your side. You come at it by being like, I love Milton Friedman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the branding is wrong, you know? Yeah, true, true. But I think, yeah, I mean... We should have that uh, that guy, the the progressive Bitcoiner, on the pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He we wrote a book should. about, you know, Bitcoin for progressives. Yeah, yeah. I think you two would have a lot, a lot to talk about. I'm sure. Comment. I'm sure. I mean, honestly, like it's interesting talking to other Bitcoiners about like orange pilling people because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of Bitcoiners, at least that I talk to, are talking about orange pilling crypto people, mm-hmm. like devs, right, or like technical people. They're like, oh man, like. All of the people that I work with at my big tech company are telling me that, like, actually, Bitcoin sucks and Ethereum's awesome. How do I convince them? And then, like, there's Bitcoiners that are, like, um, like dealing with, like, more, like, right-wing, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Luddite types that, uh-huh. like, just don't understand how the internet works. They don't, like, get it, whatever. I'm mostly interacting with, like, libs. Yeah, you're, you're in enemy territory mm-hmm. day in, day out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I, in the trenches. I, I think that once... If if Bitcoin starts to be widely adopted, kind of like I said, people will invent a a story to tell themselves as as to why it's good. Well, why just it's start beneficial. telling it to them. That's what I'm doing. You know, I'm just telling them. I'm like, bro, you can justify it, man. Just yeah. buy some. Because you know what actually happens all the time. Mm. I'll be talking to someone and their boyfriend, mm. and the boyfriend wants to buy Bitcoin so bad. Oh, uh-huh. you know, yeah. he wants to get or just crypto, right? Uh-huh. Like it's not just Bitcoin, but like he wants to get in it because he's a degen, you know, but he like but like the girlfriend is like, no, this is wrong. Right. Uh-huh. And then they both are kind of like, oh, this is wrong. Uh-huh. And then like the more that I can convince the girlfriend, oh, yeah, the right. boyfriend then is like yes. is allowed like, to yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like it's it's pretty awesome. Mm, yeah, true, <laughs> true, true. We need to be targeting the girlfriends. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what I'm doing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they pull the purse strings. They, you know? do, they do. They're the ones that actually say what's right and wrong mm. in the relationship. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Off topic there, but I just, I, I honestly have just been orange pilling all over the place. Like it's, it's pretty great. Nice. I think because I leaned off of it for a while, like, because when I first got into Bitcoin, people were asking me about it, and I had like certain arguments or explanations that were probably not as good as mine arguments are now right Mm -hmm. and then i kind of was like i need to stop talking about this because like it's just becoming too much and i don't want to like argue with people Mm -hmm. so then i like backed away and then like people didn't talk to me about bitcoin for a while and then like now that it's been a couple months they're like oh are you still into that and i'm Mm. like yeah actually and here's my even better arguments that you haven't heard for like six months or whatever and now i'm like more effectively kind of cruising through yeah people come around very slowly like i think that part of what convinces people is is familiarity 
Yeah. So when they hear about something for the first time, they're going to be negative. They're going to be skeptical about it if it doesn't fit into a bucket that they already understand. But just over time, they'll get less and less skeptical. And like hearing me say that like, yeah, FTX is terrible. And I'm like glad that it collapsed. You know, not that Mm -hmm. I'm glad that people lost their money or whatever. Like it's probably a net negative for so many individual people that I can't say I'm like glad. But like I am not depending on things like FTX succeeding for Bitcoin to succeed in the Mm -hmm. sense that like I think that what crypto is doing is part of the problem. right? Right. And I think people being able to see that happen. And then to be able to differentiate between Bitcoin and crypto in that moment, like when I'm telling them about it, is I think that was harder for them to do when Bitcoin was at an all time high. Mm -hmm. Because when Bitcoin was at an all time high, I feel like Bitcoiners were kind of being a little like shit coiners, Uh you know, like they were like, they're like, my bag's pumped. Like, I love this. Let's fucking go to the moon. Uh And now that it's low, it's like you see the difference between Bitcoiners and everyone else. Right. Is that a. Taxi cab? I d- no, it's just no. an orange like bug of some kind. I think they're just here watching the sunset. That's yeah. cute. I wish them well. Yeah, me too. Anything else that we want to hit? Um. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I guess the the fiat requires violence to legitimize is actually a pretty good one. Like fiat does not exist in a vacuum. Yeah. Right. You can't have fiat without violence because you have to prevent people from counterfeiting it because counterfeiting fiat is, 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 is easy. Mm-hmm. You have to force people to accept it Yep. and you have to like prop it up by like sucking it out of the economy with taxes. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Fuck fiat, dude. I mean, blood stained dollars, a hundred percent in all our pockets and everyone knows it, but it's just, I think people don't, yeah, I don't know. I think people don't understand the history enough. They don't mm, understand yeah. that like it doesn't have to be this way. It yep. wasn't this way yep. until very recently. Yep. And like like Bitcoin is an experiment just as much as fiat is an experiment. And right. the fiat experiment has failed in my yep. opinion. The other thing that you, you got know? with fiat is you get um this like financialization of <laughs> goddamn this financialization of lots of parts of the economy, right? Like fiat creates these spigots that like money comes out of and enters the economy through. Right. And so you get this massive industry that all it does is just tries to position itself next to the spigots. Right. That's actually a great point. I think for a distinction between capitalism and fiat Mm. is that I think people see um, these industries where they're literally just like creating like a stupid ass service that just serves to like get closer to the money printer. Right. And just like siphon off capital. And people are like, damn, that's capitalism. And it's like, no, capitalism is, is like the exchange of capital for sure. The pursuit of capital, but like it is fiat that allows for these sort of parasitic industries to exist just to kind of like in a gamified sort of way, like to siphon off money. Yeah. Much of much of Wall Street, much of like pure financial markets exists to uh, like the the like Fed watching Mm -hmm. like huge like the fact that like the Fed chairman goes up and says something and people are like hanging on his every word and like the color of uh, Janet Yellen's like, you know, pants suit. To try to see if it's going to be like interest rates up or interest rates down to try to anticipate that before the market. That is not productive activity. Like none of that is productive activity. And there is a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it, man. I mean, I know the Bitcoiners know. And obviously we're preaching to the choir with this. Mm, But like I just feel like it needs to be. It needs to be focused on, I think, in messaging for other people outside of Bitcoin. Yeah, I really need to uh, just switch from this, like... uh, Yeah, get off your fucking capitalism Get off my capitalism stick. Like, no, guys, you want Mad Max capitalism. Listen, (laughs) you think you want healthcare... But it would really, you guys would really be worth worse off if they gave you health care, right? Just let you the invisible to, hand take care <laughs> of the, the daycares, hand, all right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's not going to get I you I just anywhere. need to be like, guys, the fiat system sucks. The government sucks. And this will just naturally make people gravitate towards Bitcoin yeah. for whatever reasons that they cook up in their head. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. Di- give give them the diagnosis and then they'll they'll figure out the cure. Exactly. Exactly. Um. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, let's call I have it. like a fucking headache from hitting this vape. Mm, yeah. I I think I'm like... <laughs> vape vape nation over yeah, here. Yeah, I think I'm like fake hitting it every time I hit it because I don't... This is Casey's jewel that I just thought would be like a good look. Um, but it's terrible. I hate vaping. 
I love vaping. <laughs> it's Sunday. It's vape day. Yeah, it's vape day. Yeah, I vape one, use nicotine one day a week so that I don't get addicted to it. And so I still get a very good buzz. It's the Lord's Day. It's the Lord's Day. That's right. I'm, yeah. This is my this is communion, essentially. 100%. Yeah. Body of Christ. <laughs> blood of Christ. I think I'm vaping the blood of Christ. <laughs> Okay, we should we should end it there. Yep. All right. Um Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Time. See you later. Bye.